This is Getting Past the Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to the final and fourth week of our Evangelion Rebuild Revisit. And we uh, made this it. is my first time. So well, it's not yeah, really this is true. Revisit. Half revisit, <laughs> half explorate. I don't know what to call it. Half, first um, experience. <laughs> first experience. Impressions. Um, we finally made it. We are caught up. This is a new one for just about everybody. This actually just came out this year. Uh, last week we did watch 3.0. Um, radical change for the series, as we kind of discussed. Um, visually setting, although we kind of made points that the plot seems a little reused and we kind of took, I think more of the story from last episode was we took two steps back instead of a step forward compared Mm. to 2.0, right? But here we are kind of continue on with 3.0 plus 1.0, um, thrice upon a time, a little bit before we get started. So this just came out, like I said, this year, 2021 actually came out in March in Japan and it came out in August for pretty much internationally um, distributed by Amazon Prime so it's available there as well as everywhere else so you can watch it uh, this movie also kind of has a story with development and release uh, probably a little bit longer than 3.0 but basically originally well originally originally when like the series rebuild films were announced uh, I think like after 2.0 basically 3.0 and this were supposed to release together as like um like two separates but like released at the same time like around 08 but then obviously with one and two and by the time three came out there were delays and like basically 3.0 didn't come out so what was it like 16 right yeah something, something like, that. like that and um so with like catching up to then the next like original re- release was supposed to be in 15 Oh, I think, no, the other one came out in 13 in Japan. 3.0 came out in 13 in Japan. We didn't get it until 16 because of everything. When Japan released in, in 12, my bad, not even 13. And so by that time, they were saying 2015 for 3.0 plus 1.0. But then getting closer, I think around, basically 2013, nothing happened. And then 2014, Arnold came out and said that there would be a delay, but there was no update on like when exactly that was so it's kind of shoved shelved essentially um and it basically turns out that after 3.0 and that hefty uh development Arnold actually became depressed again oh really <laughs> yeah and he pretty much just kind of took a step back from working in general um especially from Ava and yeah, he really is Shinji huh <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah like it's just like, and, and the next movie is how he's feeling, like, yeah. in this sort of time in his life, you know? I think, like, I read that there was a comment where after 3.0 and him trying to, like, work out for the next film, he felt that he didn't really connect with Shinji anymore. Like, he didn't really know where he was at or for even for himself. So you kind of see that he gets, like, lost in the wind and mm-hmm. didn't know where to go next. So essentially, I guess he kind of took a break, but I think to kind of get his minds off things he wanted to pursue other projects so he actually worked with Miyazaki he's actually kind of like a protege of Miyazaki mm. um, but he did uh, The Wind Rises oh. which came out at 13 I think he voiced the main character Oh, actually yeah in Japanese the and, male character right? mm, 
And so he did that. Um, and then he did Shin Godzilla afterward. Yeah. Um, so he was approached by that, by Toho, and he decided to do it. And so obviously that further contributed to the delay of the next film. And that took a while. So Shin Godzilla came out in 2016. Um, great movie, by the way. We'll definitely cover it eventually. You haven't seen it, right? Not yet. We were talking about that, I think, yeah. last week. So really good movie. Recommend that. So that came out in 2016. And after that was released, he then decided to come back and work on Evangelion after that. So I guess he kind of like felt refreshed a little bit creatively. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of sidetracking, right? Yeah. Trying to get back on track. So um, he did that. I think he even came out with an apology formally. It was oh, like, really? It was like, yeah, sorry to my fans. And now I'm going to start working on it. So after that, pretty much production resumed. And it was kind of going steadily. And the next release announced was for summer of 2020 that they were going to be on track for. And that was going smoothly until the world was hit by COVID. <laughs> and uh, because of that, there were more delays. And the delays pretty much just happened until March. But that was more of a distribution and global pandemic kind of thing. So yeah. I think that production-wise, like if you, we'll go into... I could go into more about like story of the production that I kind of read up on because obviously it didn't go without its faults either for this film, but it kind of still went like they met their deadlines anyway. You know what That's I mean? That's good. So progress, progress, <laughs> if the lack of thereof. And so yeah, so there's also a documentary film about the making of this film called. Hideakiano, the final challenge of Evangelion. I think it's available also on Amazon Prime mm. for those who are interested. I haven't watched it, so I'll definitely give it a watch and see what that's about. Um, but yeah, that pretty much kind of talks about that. I want to hear what what you what are you thinking? Well, how are there? How are how? What are your first impressions of wrapping up this bow in the rebuild series? Now, this is the longest film of them. Yes. We're at two and over and a half, like 38 minutes. Yeah. So it's the longest of any of them. And so how do you think it really landed? Um, It's left me with more questions than <laughs> answers, I think, uh, even to the end. Um, but it's weird because the ending, I think, has an element of sentimentality that i could relate to so that's weird but, <laughs> but so that what, what i'm trying to say is i don't think the movie was all that great in terms of its uh story um narrative arc but i think there you know when you watch a movie there are certain feelings that you get from watching the movie yeah. and i think in that respect the movie wasn't bad for me like it had an interesting weird sentimental kind of uh feeling that it gave me so i wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad thing right but um i think looking at it critically um more logically in terms of its story and its structure i think that it's still uh it still has a lot of work to do I think just in general, uh, this whole series, I think uh, that's the biggest uh, through through line <laughs> in terms of uh, 
its problems. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that um, it left a good taste in my mouth. Let, let, let's just say that, I guess. So I think, like, if somebody <laughs> were to uh, it's so take, contradicting. <laughs> it's some if somebody were to take all of the good elements of Evangelion and really shed away all the fat and mm. like really like you know hone in on what makes Evangelion good and push that and create something out of it, I think that it would do really well. And in terms, I mean, it's already, it's, I mean, people love Evangelion, obviously, but I think right. that um, for those who have never heard of Evangelion, it might be a much more e- easier way to kind of process that if maybe something like that happened. Because I think even watching the fourth one, you don't really get much answers on what, <laughs> what the film or what the whole thing is about. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, you're still like four movies and... and I got easy. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> four me, movies like- in. Just as lost as you were. There are certain things that, you you know, like, you make inferences and you kind of, you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's why. But sure. it's not really, it's not really a satisfying, like, oh, I finally understand, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Narrative-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just, like, lore-wise. Like, you, sure. yeah, like yeah, the yeah, reasoning yeah. or the, or, you know, like the motive behind gendo like for example and stuff like that it's very vaguely like they tell you exposition in a very vague way Mm. and so you kind of have to infer about certain things about you know gendo and his relationship with yui or whatever and Mm. all that and so you don't really get this concrete thing which i think is you know was their intention obviously right but I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I'd have to agree it does maybe take, particularly with this movie, a couple watches to kind of draw a conclusion. Yeah. Or like, or draw like a In the second moment. half of the movie, they basically start going into exposition about everything <laughs> and they start <laughs> yeah. like loading these, you know, like the jargon that we right. always talk about. Right, 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 right. And you are lost <laughs> once they start talking about spears <laughs> once they start talking about like you know all this terminology that they use for different things i le- legit was like watching and sitting it this is the second because th- i watched it when it came out and then obviously i watched it again for the podcast and i like watching it this time and taking notes i was like should i just like start a glossary of like what terms these terms and mean <laughs> no like that would be very helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was literally sitting there like, okay, like, okay, Spear of Cassius, Spear of, like, Gal- Gaius, Gauthia, or whatever the... F- Golgotha object. Gol- yeah, the Golgotha object. Yeah. Like, all these terms, I was like... Like, all of the atoms, yeah. the Lilins, like, <laughs> what the hell are all of this, like, <laughs> dude? It's like, I need a translator. Like, where the hell did the Golgotha object come out of, like... You have not talked about that ever in all three movies. <laughs> Even up to that point, the fourth movie, there's yeah. no mention of what the heck that was. Yeah. That was another of like, oh, there it is. So let me throw exposition like in the moment as we kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the thing that frustrates the hell out of me for these movies is like they put these things in where 
they assume you know what it is or yeah. they make it sound like it's some kind of like revelation mm-hmm. that the audience would be like oh well, that's that the, thing. the yeah, of, course. yeah, of course it has to be that no but no it's more like <laughs> What the hell Even is that? Shinji's like, what is that? And his dad is like, the Golgotha object. How do you not know How what do that you, is? Like, Duh. <laughs> it's the moment that I've been like really trying to get at. And meanwhile, Shinji's been like sleeping for 14 years. So <laughs> like, how are you going to even... <laughs> I'm still a boy. Yeah. So yeah, those are yeah, those are the things that I really think. Mm. Yeah. It... Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really have to like agree with pretty much almost just about everything that he said it's it still feels like again kind of the same like i said narrative kind of issues and sort of the jargon with it um i made a point that i was really proud of (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like again sort of like scenes are visually stunning right they're interesting concepts but it's all sort of hammered by radical gibberish about details of their mission which don't really kind of like add up by the end. Yeah. You know? Or like you can kind of piece it, but like the details, finer details of it really don't make sense of how they kind of got there. Yeah. And all a lot of the very intense moments, you know, yeah. when they're like fighting or whatever, usually they're talking about very like technical stuff in terms of like some kind of... Uh, like the opening scene is a prime example. Yeah. Like I forget what, like, dude, I don't even know what they say. Like, <laughs> they talk about like sinking. Uh, yeah. Shinji is like a. Uh, it's supposed to be a zero, but it's actually uh, closest to zero, so he's yeah. technically infinity. Because they like so he's like the that, perfect yeah. sink. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's very like you know, like when you watch sci-fi movies and uh, like they talk about like the warp space continuum right, and all. Right. It's kind of like that, mm-hmm. except in you know anime world. Right. So it's there to build the world, mm-hmm. but it's not really there as anything. Like, informative, per se. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just there to, like, fluff the authenticity. Right, of of, that world and of that, like, situation. Right. But you sit there and you're just reading just gibberish. Yeah, but, like, like, it's really not something that... It's not substance. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) substance. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Like, in that, it's... You just... You're piecing together. Like, you're taking a step back and you're like, okay, see that they're trying to save that. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, again, the... The scene in Paris that opens up is really a prime yeah, yeah, yeah. structure for that for me because the entire time, like eighty percent of that dialogue is that that of yeah. them. Of like, but it's like that for like every fight scene almost, right? Or like yeah. you know when they're like intense moments, like uh-huh. and it's like they're trying to like hack breach the data, of, like, yeah, this yeah, pillar thing for like trying to cleanse Paris. the coralization, the coralization, and it's just all these just tech talk of like how to do it why can't you just be like hey everything else around us is contaminated and we have to purify it simple (laughs) but the only way to piece that together is just by watching and like you see the result of what happened yeah and you go oh that was what they were doing i guess that's what they were talking (laughs) about (laughs) right by the end of that entire like 15 minute scene it's oh i get it yeah just by watching what happened yeah but the entire time you're, you're just kind of on mm. the boat ride. I'm like, what's going on here? And Amadi's just blowing through Ava units like, yeah. <laughs> like nothing. Ah, Mari. <laughs> that's, that's something that we're going to have to go over because... So, yeah. So, I didn't write a formal synopsis, but I can kind of piece together really quick. Um, 
to me, so like the movie is really kind of split into two a bit. Um, really by like, it's funny because I noticed like even on the hour mark, it by design, yeah. So again, sort of the quote unquote prologue kind of opening scene is um, basically they're in Paris and they're trying to essentially cleanse Paris of like realization. I forgot. I should have wrote it down, but I forgot what that thing is called. Like the pillar that does it. Oh yeah, there's a term, but I forgot what it's called. I forget too. Um, See, there's someone talking about there's exactly. So I should have like wrote a freaking. There's glossary. so much stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So essentially, it's just like a pillar, and then it basically cleanses sort of like the land around it. Yeah. And basically, they're trying to do that for Paris. Um. And then, yeah, so like they do that, and then Marty's like trying to protect them, and whatever like whatever's happening and it turns out that like after they do it i guess the real intention was to they have like the extra ava parts that were underneath paris yeah and so that they were trying to use that to rebuild Madi's unit and as well as unit two because unit two is like destroyed after the last movie yeah and so it's a cool sequence um similar to like the space sequence in 3.0 and then after that you kind of dig in you basically we basically pick off exactly where we left off in 3.0 so with asuka shinji and ayanami or quote unquote Ayanami. Yeah. <laughs> Walking through the desert. Miss look alike. Miss look alike. And they get picked up by um Kensuke makes a return as well as Toji. And they are brought back to Village Three. So essentially like a village hub with mm. local survivors and townspeople. And they just kind of live there. You know, they live on their own farmlands. And there's a see. I don't. I don't even remember what the other organization was called that brought the supplies to them. Um. So like, it's not Willie, but it's a different one. It's like starts with a K. Credit. So yeah. So yeah, they live on their own land, and they're also supported by another organization called Credit, which basically brings, I guess, uh, this village and like other people sort of supplies and goods and things like that. And, um, yeah, so at this point, Shinji is a walking soulless stone. <laughs> um, basically, like, suffered from severe trauma, essentially. And he can't do anything for himself. He doesn't even react to meeting Toji and Kensuke. Um, and Asuka basically doesn't intermingle with the townsfolk and lives secluded as the protector of the village. And Ayanami is, or Ayanami, the lookalike, anyway, is kind of experiencing daily life for the first time. Experiencing what it means to be a human. Essentially. And so Ayanami is, basically stays with the village people and learns their way of life, kind of doing farm work, taking baths, and eating good food, etc., etc., discovering what a baby is. And what a cat is, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And um, that's like for a good hour that we're sort of watching this. Eva turns and in, turning into a slice of life <laughs> <laughs> movie in an ap- apocalyptic world. Yeah, and um, sort of along the way, Asuka gets fed up with Shinji being a useless brat. And then Shinji ends up running away. He stays with her and him stay with Toji, who lives alone. And then uh, he eventually kind of runs away from Asuka and goes back to where Nerve headquarters used to be. 
Um, and sort of along the way, Asuka, or Miss Lookalike, comes back and tries to, like, revisit Shinji, kind of, like, burst his bubble, you can say. And eventually, she gets him to open up again. And he comes back to the village and kind of, like, learns what has happened to everybody. And he even meets, uh, what's her name? Masato's son. Son, yeah. And, uh, Masato's and Ryoji's Ryo- son. Yeah. Who is also named Kaji Ryoji, um, who works uh, for credit, I think. And, um, yeah, so after a while, you find out that Miss Lookalike kind of runs through some trouble for herself, and she kind of expires, essentially. So she, I guess she she's a product. She's a clone. She's a product of Nerve, and she essentially just can't live outside of that. And then she pops like a bubble into LCL. And uh, Shinji surprisingly doesn't lose his shit this time about it. And sort of he kind of has a will to go back with Asuka on the ship Wonder. And Wonder comes back to resupply in Village 3. And they are going to do their final assault on a nerve as Gendo will finally cause the human instrumentality project by awakening unit 13 and so kind of goes back to where we kind of left off really plot wise and that's where the second half of the movie kind of kicks in and so they go back to the south pole where the second impact originally happened and let me see how can i explain this concisely Asuka tries to stop <laughs> the 13th right. Um, Eva, right? Right. And she tries to, like, pierce it with the uh, yeah. spear or whatever. Well, it's like a disabling device. It's not even oh, a spear. Okay. Yeah. Because right now, the Unit 13 is, like, quote-unquote, deactivated. And before it can be activated by Gendo, Asuka has to sort of... So Kill like it. Permanently or, like, yeah, disable it. Yeah. yeah. So she tries to do that. It doesn't work out. Yeah. Her Eva, her Eva stops herself by stopping it with her own AT field. Because uh, she's like scared or whatever. (laughs) Whatever that excuse is. Whichever, yeah. And then Asuka's like, all right, that's cool. So I'll turn myself into an angel to go ahead and do that. So that's what she does and sort of breaches the limit of an Ava and breaches the Ava's own AT field. But then plot twist, it was all part of the plan. Of course. Of course. As it was all Gendo's plan to have them all fall into a trap and use Asuka's turn into an angel and sort of exploit her and use her as the sacrifice to awaken Unit 13 into sort of like its true angel form. Yeah. Essentially, like as you remember seeing it in um, 2.0 when Shinji did it. Um, so the same thing happens just by using Asuka as sort of the uh, sacrificial lamb, per se. Yeah. And so that happens. It gets awakened, and everybody's like, gasp! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Wonder and the Misato and all our crew, they get fallen into the trap as well. And, like, there's, like, the Wonder is, like, a stolen ship, as you find out, essentially, of, like, back when it was a prototype. And there are three other ships like it that are used as sort of, like vessels to open up the gate, right? And so they essentially hijack her ship to use it as a vessel to kind of do that, essentially. 
And so Unit 13 opens the doors of Guff. And then also in the spot is the dark moon, the black moon. Yeah. What the hell was that? And the moon turns into, into spears. a spear. Yeah. Which I'll get into that. But it turns they use that to turn into a spear and then it goes into the doors of Guff and then they send it to, into the anti universe. Yeah, to kinda of open up that helps to cause the fourth impact. And so Gendo comes up and then him and Misato kind of like get mad at each other. And then Shinji kind of escapes from his containment. Yeah. And there's like a little bit of beef that happens there as people try to stop him because he's going to go back and pilot unit one again. Yeah. And some of the crew is like, nah. And Misato's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ends up going anyway. So he goes back into the antiverse where Gendo is to try and pilot unit one. Mari goes back and like escorts him there essentially. Yeah. And then her favorite is also to save Asuka, who is probably still trapped in Unit 13. Yeah. Or her soul is trapped in Unit 13. And so, yeah, so Shinji goes into the Antiverse. And I guess you can say, like, Ayanami's soul is piloting Unit 1. Yeah. And she allows him to take over Unit 1 again. And then he breaks free from Unit 13. And then him and his dad fight. Well, they basically have, they're resolving their daddy issues. After they fight. <laughs> well, while they're fighting, <laughs> while basically. So, like, physical violence isn't going to work, so you got to go heart to heart. Yeah. Essentially. And that's what they do. Um, and sort of the conclusion is Gendo unveils his past to uh, Shinji. Yeah. Right? Sort of opening up his AT field, as you can say. Mm. Right? Um, and he explains sort of his past and why his like real motive essentially. So yeah. he wants to see his wife again, Yui, and he yeah. kind of get him to know like him, how he met his wife and then why his wife died and when they had kids and why he ended up abandoning Shinji because he was like so guilt ridden and he was like, well, I feel like the only way to justify it was to abandon my kid. The dumbest reason. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of like make the connection that like, well, Gendo and Shinji aren't that much different. They're pretty alike, you know? Yeah. Um, and while he's doing that, he kind of realizes that my wife was sort of in my kid the entire time. Kind of. In a metaphoric yeah. way, right? And then he steps off the train and kind of moves on, metaphorically. After but also like, literally. <laughs> after destroying the whole world. After already causing, like, the instrumentality project is happening yeah. simultaneously to everything. Exactly. So essentially what's, like, happening in the real world, quote-unquote, yeah. is a bunch of Ava clones called Infinity are wiping the Earth. <laughs> and, and basically crazy. while that's happening, Mari... Uh, well, what happens is um, Misato basically suicides herself to create <laughs> the spear yes. of i think it's gaius right yeah or something like that yeah sphere yeah. of gaius and then she asks mari to no does it does she ask mari to send it over yes yeah right because she's the only one that can pass the yeah 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 so she does that and then yeah. Shinji gets the spear <laughs> and then yeah you yeah. can so there's like the spear of cassius and longinus right which are used to start or wake in 13 and start the fourth impact which he does um, but then Gendo destroys them so that way they cannot be undone because they can also undo the yeah. process. And so 
because it's destroyed, they're like, oh, we don't have the spirits to do anything. And then um, that's when Misato comes up with her plan to like, well, we'll just create a new spear. Because like, we out can, of her ass. right? Yeah, exactly. Like out of her ass. And they do it's it. It's funny because um, Visco is like, how you ha- that's impossible. That's impossible. How, do you, how can you do that? And, and she's, she's like, <laughs> we'll find a way. <laughs> you got the like little sample data from like the events that happened two seconds ago, right? Yeah. He's like, that should be enough for you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So, like, they use the spine of wonder to form a new spear. Spear, yeah. Essentially. Basically. Don't ask me for the science on that. <laughs> so, that's what they do. Yeah. And then they, like, penetrate through the giant. Oh. And there's, like, oh, this yeah. big ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then, it, like, there's this big ass Ava called Imaginary. Uh, imaginary Evangelion? Yeah, right? that's that. Yeah, which Evangelion imaginary, imaginary. actually. <laughs> so it's flipped. <laughs> but it, yeah, that is what it fancy. is. Yeah. Evangelion imaginary, which was like a theoretical thing that is actually real, which was like, holy shit, I was right. Mm. And which is basically a giant Ayanami <laughs> physical form. For and so they penetrate it. And then, um, yeah, that's when Mahdi takes the spirit through. Yeah. And then it goes through the antiverse yeah. into Shinji's hand. And so after the whole resolution with his father, he gets it. And then basically he can stop everything. Well, he can do whatever he wants. Basically, right? yeah. He can recreate the world or like whatever. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. And so if that's what he's going to do. So eventually, but before he does that, he wants to have like a heart to heart with all the cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all his buddies. So, like, first, I don't even know why Kaudu is there, honestly. Like, so Kaudu's there. Yeah. And then he's like, you're next, bud. And then you have a sort of cycle analysis with Kaudu. Yeah. And sort of that resolution is, you know, Kaudu's purpose for him living was to make Shinji happy. And he thinks that bringing Shinji happiness will bring his own happiness. But then he kind of realizes, not even by Shinji, but then freaking Kaji comes out of nowhere and he's like, hey, man, you can have your own happiness. Yeah. And it, that's when Kaji's like, really? All right. And yeah. then sort of the curtains close. And then Kaji's that. like, hey, you want to go uh, farming after we're done? <laughs> and then he's like, why that's not? That's great. That's great. And then the curtains sort of fall on that. And then um, I think even before, I think actually before that, Asuka was up next. Yeah, it was Asuka the first, favorite. yeah. So then we, you learn a little bit about Asuka's backstory for that. Um, and you find out that she is a clone. She's part of the yeah. the Asuka series. And sort of, you know, she wants to do everything herself, right? And so her thing is like... She, she has no parents and she feels lonely. Right. So to overcome that, she tries to do everything by herself. Right. She wants to prove herself to be worthy and then seeks praise and approval from other people. Yeah. Because she has... Nobody. You know, no parents or nobody to sort of do that for love her. her. Um, so yeah, so that's why she sort of is a one man band, and it's kind of the conclusion. Like Shinji, it's like an homage to the end of Evangelion. So when they're on the beach and then the Red Sea, so like the way that the second movie in Ev- end of Evangelion happens, inclusion of that is like ancient mentality happens. Shinji rejects. Uh, human issue mentality and decides that he rejects it comes back to earth and that anybody else anybody else's soul that rejects it can come back 
and then when he comes back he ends up on the beach that exact beach mm. and it's only him and Asuka like left they're like the only two people left in the entire world but then it ends weird because he like comes back and he ends up choking Asuka out choking <laughs> yeah like kind of like freaks out and then tries to choke her to death and Asuka she says something I forgot but then he just stops choking her and then the credits roll what yeah it's it's really dark basically so like the setting is an homage to that but Asuka has also grown up in that scene too oh you, you didn't notice yeah she's like taller and like more mature looking um and then he kind of acknowledges like yeah like you did like me and I maybe have liked you as well kind of like sharing feelings with her yeah but then you can sort of find your own happiness yeah and then like leading off to like maybe she has a romance with Kensuke oh yeah in the future or whatever and then he sends her back out of the universe into the real world. And then finally, the last one was Ayanami. And basically, he promised to recreate the world free of Ava's and like pilots and a world that sort of that she can live in and also be happy in because she remembered the entire like she lives for orders. Like her yeah. only purpose is to be a pilot. And that world is like Neon Genesis. Wow, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens. So he resets the world. And then Neon Genesis and sort of like he finds Shinji grown up and Mari grown up and they're living whatever. And then like it turns into the <laughs> real world. <laughs> yeah. Like literally the real world. Yeah. It goes from anime to live action in a drone shot. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. That was, must have been a lot for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. See the ending, the weird part for me was how you know like the ending where mm. Shinji's like just sitting down and then Mari does a thing where like you know like guess who it is yeah yeah it's just weird because they're you never really get the sense that they're like a thing right <laughs> right anyway like Ayanami or Asuka I can get okay one of those two maybe right <laughs> but then at the end Ayanami's just chilling with the Kaoru and Asuka's just chilling by herself and then Mari of all people come and like they're like, oh, let's go together to live our life or whatever, right? Right. Well, I mean, like I, it's whatever. It's supposedly like a pair of I'll go find you wherever you are, but at yeah. the same time, like in the context of that scene, I think Mari is just know. a really weird character. I think it's so out of place everywhere. Sure. Like every time she kind of like it's a big does debate stuff. of what's her place in Ava just like in general like in all of the f movies like what exactly like there's no real uh, like established like understanding of who Mari is right even at the end like there was that weird scene when like Mari is like talking to uh what, what that old man oh yeah Fuyutsuki yeah Fuyutsuki and then like he calls her like Mari Iscariot yeah and then like his head pops <laughs> and that whole scene I was watching it and I'm like what the hell is going on there? <laughs> because it makes literally no sense. Yeah. In the context of anything that I've watched. Uh -huh. And you're just like, why is this even in here? Like, who is Mari? Like, what is she even trying to do? Mm. Like, she starts, like, doing the most random stuff, like, just because they need it for the plot or whatever. Like, she starts fighting, like, all the other Avas and, like, sucking them into, like, her own <laughs> Ava. And then, like, like, so that she can, like, pierce the veil or whatever, you know? Uh -huh. Like... 
Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, I guess, like, that I get. Like, she in, just in does like, stuff sure. that have, like, big consequences within the movie. But, like, we never have a setup to that. And she just does it. So, we don't even, we, like, it's mm. just there. You know what I mean? Like, usually when, when something big is about to happen, like, you set it up, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, like, Shinji has to pilot it. So, like, he's going to have to do this and that. But, like, for Mari, it's like... She's already there. She's already doing it. And you're just expected to know what's going on, you know? Sure. Like, she's already fighting the and, and sucking the, uh, absorbing all of the Avas into her own Ava. Yeah. And, like, becoming this, like, mega Ava so she can, <laughs> she can you know, do whatever she needs to do. Yeah. And you're just like, wait. <laughs> but, like, in that, she's just regenerating, basically. Like, it's not really. It comes out of nowhere, though, you know? Like, it's, mm. it's not like. Like, Mari's part in it isn't, it doesn't feel like it's part of the, like, the big narrative core. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree. And then, like, every time, like, you need something that's essential to make making sure the plot goes smoothly, she just pops out and does it for us. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, like very particularly in this movie. She's, she's basically there for the plot, it feels like. <laughs> she's a support character. But then, like, at the end of the movie, she's, like, Shinji's main love interest. So you're just like, huh? <laughs> Mari X Shinji. Confirmed. You know, like, it's weird like that. For me, like, uh, Asuka seems, or like, Ayanami seems like the female, like, lead per, per se, right? Sure, sure. But then, like, at the end, they're just like, okay, whatever. They're just doing their own thing. <laughs> and, you know, Shinji's like chilling with Mari. You're the only two people that know like, what's going on. That like, the world like, reset. The world yeah, reset. Yeah, yeah. That they're living in this new sort of world. Yeah, it's it's strange. Like I said, it's it's like what is her like what is exactly why is she even in Ava? Like I'm like, just you know most I mean? curious about the conversation that she had with Fusky yeah. or whatever. So I mean and I like, went back to that and um so I mean there's like more she's always been the character that knows more than she leads on, obviously. Yeah. Right? Like she kind of has all the secrets but holds the deck close to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of already knew that I don't know, she's ageless or something. She what? She's like ageless or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like so obviously she was around before Shinji and like is in the photo and knows Yeah, exactly. Probably knows Gendo and obviously knows Futsuki back whenever. Um I'm guessing like she was probably also a student of Futsuki. So like so and some things that again are in the series but not here. Futsuki was a uh, teacher and uh Yui and Gendo well Yui was a student of his, and then he knew Gendo from Yui, obviously, because they got married and whatever, whatever. And I guess in this universe, um, Mari was also a like a colleague of Yui and yeah. also a student of Futsuki. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of how they know each other. Um, and then the whole, like, then he, like, calls her Mary Eskiat at the end. Eskariot. Eskariot, yeah. which is just... I, I, that's not. I don't even think that's her real name. So like, <laughs> what I like, I read a Reddit post that was like, oh, that can kind of make sense. And so like, well, it's probably another just sort of Christianity sort of reference yeah. to Judas. Mary Magdalene oh, Judas, Mary, yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of like that. Mary was saved by Jesus, right? Um, when she was formerly a prostitute, and then Judas was. The betrayer, betrayer yeah. of Jesus. And so 
basically kind of calling Mari out on being both someone that helped and betrayed them. Mm. And so they're like, they're also saying that probably in the beginning, when we first introduced to Mari, remember that like she was with, she was like in the North Pole or whatever, mm. and like working with Nerve and sort of protecting. And so probably like her initial plans were to serve as a spy of some sort. But then she kind of runs and does her own thing by the end and decides to support Shinji and Asuka. See, that's all speculation, though. Right. But exactly. It would be great if like that was like something that they actually like talked about or made it like clear. And if that was the case, maybe like we would actually like be more invested in Uh Mari. But if you just send us into this conversation with Ryusuke and them and then they just start talking gibberish, I don't know, man. I don't think that's the way that you... uh, But that's where the lore stands for the entire series. Like, this is the conversation you have to have to dig in what exactly is the lore. But you can't tell. Like, it's not something that's like... There's no concrete answer. But that's like... There's not even like a concrete foundation where you can really like deduce that. It's just like... Pure yeah. speculation, though. You had a reach. Let's, yeah, it's a reach because, like, you're there's no like evidence given within the film to really <laughs> make that case. Like, sure, um, like, sure, you can reach for it, but like, it's not like a very like. But it's not backed by right. It's not by backed that. by enough things for you to be like, oh, that sounds really plausible. You sure, know, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, again, that's like that's for everything. And, and just, I was curious about why like Fuyuki's head popped. Same thing for Ayanami. Why is I think. But Ayanami didn't even have the choker, right? No. He didn't even have. Why, did no, they just pop either. now? They just turn into LCL. <laughs> they just have the magical they, chokers whenever they need to. They just have a soul contract with <laughs> with Sele and then they turn into. Oh my. I guess it had something to do with, like, in that scene where she's like, oh, the LCL density in here is really high or whatever. Oh. And then it just, like, the consequence of that was him turning into. Head popping? Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> okay. But it, like you said, like gibberish happens and you can easily overlook yeah. that. So but I think that's what that's what that was. And then he he pops yeah. <laughs> like a cherry. <laughs> it's just weird. Like those things. Um so first and second Wait, half. Oh, oh go one ahead, more go thing. I'm sorry. Okay. You know at the very end? Shinji at the train station uh-huh. at the very end. Why does Shinji still have the choker? <laughs> and why does Mary just take it off? Like, I don't understand this. All metaphors. All symbolism. Dude. Of something. Not very good symbolism there, bro. There's a video that I saw on YouTube that <laughs> this guy, again, makes like a like super reaching yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, theory mm. about that scene entirely. Mm. And to me, it was like, I think 80% of it was right. Well, mm. I think, because the way that he explained it was like in the lore, but I think like his explanation would have been right in a simplistic way. Okay. Of like, so like what he was, his theory was, um, let me try to think. So it's like once you get into Neon Genesis, into the new world, right? Yeah. Shinji wakes up in a uh, train station. And so that town is actually Ano's hometown. Mm. Um, where he grew up and so he wakes up in that train station and then across on the other side is like I said Asuka Kaoru like every, everybody's there right Yeah. and then like a train comes in and then um, Mari comes closes his eyes and is like hey it's me 
and then she takes off the choker and then they're like let's go be happy together and then they run off yeah but he was saying if you notice sometimes the train that comes in is there and then it disappears in some shots mm. um and he was saying that it only appears when you're looking through shinji's like eyes and the shots that like you see his perception you'll see the train there as well as the cast but in the shots that is not him there's not having his perception like that you're seeing of shinji yeah the train disappears mm-hmm. it's like in the wide shot and did you notice that at all and um well it's it's right like i'm not saying he's not reaching in that aspect it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. It, it's not you could like dismiss it with like angle <laughs> issues yeah, yeah, yeah. but like fine we'll give him the pass there and so he's saying that so basically everything is happening in like in Shinji's mind. head, essentially, right? It's like a figure of his imagination. Like all of Ava was this guy's like head for whatever reason. And Madi is supposed to be like the person that kind of understands that and sort of brings him back into the real world. Mm. Sort of him taking off her taking the choker from him sort of represents being cemented back into the real world mm. and then kind of going on. And basically you know, the train symbolizes like taking really? everybody that he knew, sort of that world, and passing on figuratively, yeah. per se. So basically, like him having lived in this world and finally sort of putting it to rest and living into the real world, essentially. Mm. And I was like, lore wise, probably not. <laughs> like, dude, but, that's fine and all. Yeah. But them just being on a train station and then moving on is the same it achieves the same goal sure <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. like uh, fine that i'll give you all of that but them just being on the chase station and mario just being like hey let's go live mm. a happy life now achieves exactly the same thing i mean yeah so i was like and sort of that kind of kind of explains like Mari's role throughout the films right because yeah. again like she kind of leads on more that she knows she yeah. sort of she has an understanding of literally like everything, even all of like nerves, plans, et cetera, et cetera, mm. versus everybody else. So that kind of explains like she's an invading force in this made up world of Evangelion, but also kind of knows everything. And that's maybe why she has a weird attraction towards Shinji or she's always like supporting him, but it's never like romance. Like you say, it's more of, I don't know, like creepy, <laughs> like parental kind of or like kind of a it's weird to and like she says stuff like oh you finally grown up a bit right and stuff yeah, like yeah. that you know and yeah i guess so like in that sense okay i don't i wouldn't say in the terms of like plot or like the lore i wouldn't agree with it but i think it's metaphorically like just replacing you with ano like yeah take the characters no no yeah i mean yeah metaphorically it it works you know the choker thing right symbol of like freedom because finally moving on this is him this is his last work with ava himself yeah so him moving on from ava like completely makes sense obviously and then him like going into the real world like kind of putting it away sort of accepting because he's i mean ava has been his life literally you know what's (laughs) funny that like three minute clip of mm. uh old shinji yeah i like the most <laughs> of shinji <laughs> than the whole like four movies that we've watched you don't like childish shinji bro no i Little don't like shinji bro. 
he's been literally the same human being. He reverts back to the same thing right. every single movie. And you're kind of like restarting <laughs> with him. He just like gets like, worse and worse. <laughs> or if anything, it feels like it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find more enjoyable slice of life 3.01 plus 1.0? Or do you find action gibberish? I think I like the slice of life part better. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just in terms of the pacing of it. It's moments like that where you start to kind of appreciate the world, like setting. And I like that about that part of the movie. Mm. Whereas like the ending, last half of the movie... It's so much of like this. I gotta finally wrap up this <laughs> cosmological weird. It was life. like, okay, let's get back on track. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's just, I, I feel like they could interweave that better, you know? Mm. And and maybe one of the reasons why it feels that way too is just the setting. Like, sure. um, especially for the latter half, because it's such a, like, uh, it's, it's, it's set in a place where we have no um, anchor. Like we, like as as human beings, we don't know what the hell that is. It's so, um, what's the word? Um, not theoretical, but it's it's like imaginary, basically. Like sure, like sure. the anti universe, the right. these words and this these the setting is something that as human beings we can't really like fathom in 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 a concrete sense. Right. And so when you're doing stuff there, you don't have a a reference point where you can kind of um like attach like certain things and and kind of get like um cues and and like use that as a way of kind of like understanding the things around us and like what's happening. Yeah. And so when you're watching the movie um in in that area, like when all the infinity like whatever Avas and all of that uh, like start attacking and when the headless uh, Ayanamis start flying, like, you know, singing Kumbaya, Joy to the World, right? <laughs> you're just, like, you're, it looks cool and it's, like, pretty, like, psychedelic and <laughs> whatever. Like, it's, it's a cool, like, visual spectacle, but there's no groundedness there that can help you understand the story better. Sure. And, it, and that makes everything confusing because at that point, like, they, you know, they have the doors... Um, going into the anti-universe and like you're like basically going deeper and deeper into whatever <laughs> right Wait, yeah, whatever yeah. it is yeah. that they're doing right yeah and then the weird part is like at first they go through the doors for that and then later on when mari is trying to like go through she's going through the eye of this big head ayanami right yeah. and so you're like so what what like there's no like consistency there <laughs> you know <laughs> and you're just confused because you want to like as human beings, you want to make correlations, right? And you want to understand certain patterns and, like, sure. figure out what's going on like that. But since it's such a theoretical world, like, <laughs> like setting, you can't do that at all. Right. And you're just, like, left to just watching it for what it is. Yeah. And you can't make inferences. And I think that's a part of it that was kind of frustrating for me. Sure. Whereas, like, the first half of the movie, you're like... Oh, this is Village Three. Like this is where Toji lives. This is where Kensuke completely lives. grounded. Wow. And and you know, like this is the area where the coreization has not like reached, and yeah. there's a barrier, and like there's these walking headless Avas, like you know, around sure. in the red area. So 
don't go there you know like it's very <laughs> grounded and kind of you can understand what's going on yeah. and it's such a more easier way to like digest yeah. the information that the the movie is trying to give you and i feel like if you can kind of implement that a little bit no see like i think one part that was kind of good in the last half mm. was and this is like giving it a, a pass i guess but like <laughs> when gendo is like because like everything is like so relative like the i forget um the lcl like creates something in your mind to help you fathom oh yeah, yeah, yeah understand yeah. like what's going yeah. on basically the, the gal- the, when they enter the the Galgotha object, yeah. Whatever the fuck that was called. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Object. And basically, it's like a tower of memories. Yeah, yeah. It's so so unfathomable that the LCL has to create things within your mind to help you understand it or whatever. Basically, that's what it is. And I like that part because they're kind of (laughs) like... Let's go back to the grounded stuff so we yeah, can kind of help give you, you understand. something to see where you're not tripping hard. Right. right and so they just use a train station and have a father in the yeah. sun there. But like then how? it breaks into like fourth wall shit. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, oh, we're in Tokyo 3 and then yeah. it's a set of Tokyo 3. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, like I would rather have that. Sure. Where, like, they use that as a way of being like, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. give me something more concrete. Rather than this weird, like, void of, like, these infinities <laughs> and, like, these yeah. things where, like... White and tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard for you to, like, get a good grasp of anything that's going on there, to be honest. Right, right. Because, like, even when they're fighting, you're like, it's the enemy ship behind you, forward, <laughs> like side, like be under you, like yeah, right. And like they, like you know that weird, like it's kind of like water, but like it's like tiles, and like they're like going through the tiles. I, and to this day, under. I watch that and I'm like, I, I really don't know what that is. Like, is this a fake shield of, or is that exactly? No, I don't like know there's no like you can never make a proper reference, like understanding right. of what those things are. Right, right. And that frustrated me a lot. But uh, is that yeah. tile ice? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I like the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I no no um no. I did like it a lot because I mean one like it was a complete one eighty from from like everything. Just all three films. Just um, it it was just a breath of new life yeah. for the series. Um. I mean, in general, I think, I mean, it really made me like this movie sort of a lot in general because of that. Because, I, like, I guess going back to the very beginning, the movie, like you said, sort of falls in the same pitfall, yet it still leaves a good taste in your mouth. Yeah. And I think that this first half has a lot of to do with that and just so, sort yeah. of the way that the movie ends thematically, sort of the message. No, I even liked like Ayanami like learning to become a human, you know? Yeah, like, it's it's nice to it's see. A, it's funny because like basically she's been doing that the, the whole three <laughs> hey, movies. Right. She did it, died, yeah. did it again. <laughs> but then even even that, like watching it, basically she's doing the same thing, but even just watching that right. is still a better like <laughs> part of the movie, I think, you know? <laughs> right. And so yeah, just like watching that progress and I don't know. I mean, it sucks to see Shinji like he is, but I think because it's so extreme this time, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a little bit different and more just 
gives you something to watch, yeah. even though he's literally not doing anything. Just like watching Oscar and him and that sort of interaction going on. Like, there's just clear progress. Like, yeah. as much mundane as the first hour kind of is, there are like little sort Moments. of steps of progress, character wise, anyway, that kind of push it to the midpoint of like Shinji making his fucking mind up finally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, putting him in a place where he can do something and then he ends up doing nothing up until the last second. But, um, I mean, even for Asuka as well, just kind of like finally being able to sort of open up a little bit enough. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, like in that sense, but also just visually, um, like it was <laughs> this first time was such a great showcase to just show how, like how beautiful the animation is and like how great some of the stills are. Just like, it's funny because I was watching it and like, man, if you want to like, if you just want to, to portray how good your art is, just do a scene of like in a city or just like with stuff in it, just like mm-hmm. in a environmental, just to show how great something is. Because yeah. I mean, it really does it here. Um, you know, the overall feeling too, I don't know if you've like felt that way. The way that it's shot, the way that it's like animated, just everything about this movie feels like a huge step up, even compared to 3.0. Like, I mean, 3.0 was, like, really modern. But even in this movie, in a finer details way, felt next level and kind of fresh to that movie. Um, and I kind of, like, when I was doing some research and looking on, I think Ano brought in a lot of new members to the team to work on this film instead of veterans to kind of give it sort of a fresh of life. And I think it really kind of showed, to my eyes anyway, in the second watch, I was, like, kind of picked up on, like, wow, this feels different in a good way in a lot of sense um i mean even in like cgi and the fight scenes they use a lot of mocap stuff so it wasn't just sort of straight you know animation in in that sense which i don't know if like worked for me in some scenes but i do like they kind of spun it in a sort of a fresh breath of new life way i mean i liked the fight scenes in the other movies better but I think in terms of animation, I mean, to be honest, they're all good. So it's kind of hard for me to like nitpick and be like, this is better. I think, you know, there's some... I think the reason why it might seem like better, quote unquote, is like because it's a slower pace, especially in the first half, Uh you're allowed to enjoy what's in front of you a little longer, right? So I think that's that might be one thing for me at least. Yeah, I think it's like appreciating like what like I'm <laughs> allowed to, I'm allowed to appreciate the scenery for like three seconds, you know, <laughs> rather than like point right. five seconds and cut, you know. Right, right. Well, like that, like not only just the change of scenery and like what they can show off, but just the way that it all comes together too. Yeah, I don't like, especially this time around. I noticed the pacing was very different mm. i mean especially in the well in it's the two hours and 30 uh, 30 yeah. minutes long so obviously it has to be different we're well, not even slower like even, no, i'm not saying slower but i'm just saying right. it will be different mm. well even like sort of in that first half i mean it kind of crawls a little bit it mm. feels like slower but the way that it's like edited and like shot per shot is actually like really fast in a way that like it's like boom 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 boom, boom. yeah and it felt a little kind of like unsettling yeah. yet not terrible kind of he actually filmed this more in like a live action kind of way 
And I think that's had a lot to do with why I felt that because it, it definitely kind of bled through. I was like, huh, this doesn't feel like the other films in like an anime. Felt a little more live actiony in that sense. And two, like slice of life, I think helps to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just something that I kind of picked up and enjoyed on a positive note. <laughs> anyway, and then the second half is like bullet hell <laughs> like, yeah. i didn't like how like the action scenes were just bullet hell montages like basically clearly... like even the first paris thing yeah it was basically too. literally all just like flippy flippy and one guns. giant video game yeah <laughs> which i was like i don't know like i guess for scale like wow factor sure but in but terms like of, i said like, yeah like i said for like the battleship fight too it's like they're just shooting guns yeah but also, it's like you don't even know the setting, so you're not really sure if like they say they got impacted and they say that guy hit and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But you're like, okay, like you're still flying, <laughs> like you're still, you're still afloat, right? Yeah, you're yeah. still like there's no like references that you can tell some where sure. certain things are happening. So you're just kind of like, okay, like how bad was that yeah. damage? Like, was it really bad or was it like a scratch yeah. on the machine? You know what I mean? But that's like very anime-ish too yeah if you give it a little like that's that's sort of like an anime trope but it's more it's more of the like the setting and the references that you can kind of pick out that is more of a problem for me like sure like i mean personally i'm not a huge fan of a lot of the battleship scenes that they do Mm. um i mean a lot of that is in the second half Half, yeah When they're like trying to pierce through the layers of, yeah. of like the South Pole or whatever and going through like oh, all that is kind of dismissive for me. Yeah. Just because I'm not, just not a big fan of it. Get to the robots fighting. <laughs> but even that was like again very bullet hell like. It was very minimal here too. I think in terms of like they have the Gendo and the uh, Ik- Shinji fight. Yeah. Um, well that too is kind of funky <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it was <laughs> it was more meta than like yeah, anything. Exactly. Concrete. <laughs> right, but then you get Madi and Asuka skydiving and then they Kamehameha blast oh, yeah. like a million infinity oh, yeah. <laughs> that turn into a drill like you know, like zombies uniformly yeah. it's just like whatever yeah. fine it is what it is they're just basically just falling deeper and deeper into some kind of psychedelic abyss <laughs> essentially yeah Essentially. Um, yeah, anything else you wanted to point out? Um, I mean, maybe we could talk a little more about Kendo and his relationship with Yui and what you thought maybe that meant and like how that wrapped up and sort of in the last scene. Um, yeah, and, and you know, when Shinji's talking to Kendo and yeah. well. So Gendo's confession, quote unquote, is really actually like brand new for the series. Oh yeah. Um. So his his backstory had never been unveiled, or at least not to this extent. Or like um, what's the word? Um, like official? What's canon? At least not canon uh. to Ava, right? Like by Arna himself. So it was. It was like it was more like finally. Uh, like you know like because obviously well, was that always the motive main motive in the series original series too that yui is the reason why yeah, yeah. like that the point of like that we've always known mm. but 
the details had always been left out. Yeah. Right. Or at least vaguely, like you can piece together, right. like Gendo obviously loves his wife. That he and so basically, to. like near the end, you know, when at the end when Shinji is about to like pierce himself with the spear, uh-huh. and Yui comes out, that's basically like you know, Yui was inside me all along, kind of thing. Essentially, right. Yeah, okay. But that's something that we knew too. Cause, right, right. I mean, yeah. However much you can infer of the backstory, yeah, where she infuses her soul with Unit One, mm. and so yeah, and he's hundred percent synced to it, so. Or infinity sync. Infinity, <laughs> infinity sync. Yeah. Um, so it's like finally, like we get this sort of backstory. Um, I think it, you know, for me, when I was watching it in the scene, it was like, oh, here we go again, kind of thing. Like another psychoanalysis, just like a feels of a repeat from the original series. Like, yeah. here we go into this part again, and it like pacing wise, it drags a lot. That that scene. And also visually, like it kind of happens manga s, like very storyboard ish. Mm. So it's, I don't know, it's it's a little hard to follow along, but it's like okay. I mean, you kind of get the point of like why you know, and yeah. I don't know if it really. I feel like they had to do it concrete of the very end of when he's like realizes like oh I abandoned my son and that was wrong because. I didn't need to abandon my son to get my wife back if I just sort of noticed that in my son the whole time. Like, well, what did you think of like Gendo as like a villain or like a character? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. For for me too, like I, I think it feels very much like they should have been developing him over the four movies. Sure. But then what they did was okay, this is a big baddie that we gotta kind of figure out how to like, you know. Um, deal with at the end so they kind of like backloaded all of his like <laughs> like uh reasoning and motive yeah. and all of that and kind of gave him all of that like exposition to like just like vomit out at the end <laughs> so that we kind of finally have an understanding of how to right, right. like finish the film mm-hmm. but it didn't like it wasn't really satisfying because you don't feel like you earned all of that like right because if if it happened like throughout the four movies where you slowly slowly kind of like understood a little bit more about him and kind of like got that mm-hmm. like hints about it not even all of it but like little hints about like what he's up to what he like you know cares about or like what he thought about yeah. then maybe at the end when we get that like big reveal or like big you know revelation then yeah. it kind of hits in a more like, it, it's more smoother in <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. transition of understanding it or trying to understand him and you can kind of be like oh i guess i kind of see why he did it or right. like you know yeah. obviously love or whatever but and and you feel a little more like you can you might not like like the character per se but you can understand him a little bit more right. but here i felt like man you little <laughs> like you did all of that wasting my time <laughs> so that you could do you you can get you back but like at the end you're just like oh wait shinji has you inside him i should have done that and oops <laughs> and he just disappears like i felt so like what like you didn't even like we didn't even kill him we didn't like fight him he didn't like really disappear in that way he's just like Oh wait! I kind of realized that uh, Yui was Shinji inside Shinji all along. I realized mm. I was a bad father. My Dad. bad, and then he just leaves with the train. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> no consequence. Yeah. No, yeah. I I think the key. It, 
because it's a missed opportunity, right? Because I think the key to a good villain is being able to connect with them. Like, like you said, you no can, matter like even if they have bad intentions, you can kind of understand them. Right, right. I mean, you just have to, like I said, you just have to understand them. Like if if they're human enough, or if you can get sympathize with them, and you can really see like why they're what they're doing to of what extent it is. Yeah. Then you have that ground of like, oh, but they're like I, I can stand, but they're still bad. Like it just kind of shakes it up a bit, and yeah. it, it makes for a good villain because he's not entirely bad in that sense and like the reason like okay like your wife and like loving yui and wanting her back is a good reason like fundamentally anyway but they didn't drive it home enough throughout the film like the execution of that right like showing that or like kind of hinting at that like i said if they had throughout the film or throughout the progress of like showing his true motive or like giving us a peek of him and why he's doing it throughout, it would have, like I said, had a smoother transition into sort of like that reveal. But he's such a one-dimensional character the whole time. Right. I think that's the big problem. Right. Like even when he's like with I remember like that dinner scenes, Ayanami and like they're yeah. eating together. He's still like so one-dimensional. You never really get a sense that he's anything but the job that he's trying to do, right? <laughs> like like there's no like well, obviously there's no humanity in him, quote unquote, because of, you know he. Yeah. He got rid of it or whatever, but still, like, there has to be something there that we can like latch onto where mm-hmm. we're like, oh, you know, maybe this character is more than meets the eye. Yeah. But whenever we meet him, he's just like Shinji, get in the <laughs> get in the Ava, <laughs> get <laughs> right? in that robot, bro. Or like she is like Shinji, you suck. <laughs> you know, like you're like you know, worthless child. Yeah, like it's like it's yeah. so one dimensional. It's so like yeah. you know mediocre in like, that way. Sure, we we know that there's he has his own underlying plans obviously yeah like that's pretty clear but he's still the one-dimensional selfish character yeah that's the note that he plays the entire time exactly and you know fiutsuki sort of is playing that part of laying the hints and foundations right but that doesn't replace gendo himself yeah you know what i mean yeah he, he like fuski yeah like he's kind of supposed to be like the spokesperson <laughs> right for gendo yeah and like you know good villains don't even have to be like great characters they can they can just right. be like completely assholes right completely right. just one-sided characters and still like if there's a level of understanding there that we can get about like the psyche of like of the character mm-hmm. then it would make for a good villain but right. in in these movies, like you don't get to know about Gendo at all. Like mm. first movie, second movie, third movie, like he just tells you tells Shinji to do stuff, and like you don't know about him though. Yeah. Like that, like, like one dinner scene, maybe you kind of like, like sure, sure, not even like you like turn the blinds on for like second, and then you turn <laughs> it off. But besides that, like Gendo is such a just like oh. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> like that's all. Pretty he does. much, it's all, all going according to Sally's plan. Yeah, it's all going to plan. And so you're never given an opportunity to really like understand the um, villain. Whereas, like, let's say, for example, like Dark Knight, Joker is he a good character? No, he's completely a chaotic, like, evil character. Yeah. But because of the development that they have with the character, you like the first scene is you yeah. you're introduced to Joker, mm. like. You're introduced to what kind of character he is. Right. And so you're invested in that character, like, 
you know, from mm. the beginning, get-go. But, like, Gendo, you're introduced to him. You, you understand him as this, like, stoic yeah. father. And yeah. that's basically <laughs> all he is the whole time. And you're never given anything else, though. So. But even with Joker, right? Because, in a way, you don't understand him or, like, connect with him. And that's the point. But he makes his place case clear, clear of what he wants yes yeah, so i'm not saying yeah like, so what i'm saying is like, like fulfill one yeah but, you don't have to like the character at all right. like you don't have to understand them in that sense but i think Why like are you, doing you that? <laughs> at least like uh, yeah like you said at least the movie gives us a case for who he is right right but not gendo <laughs> no it's funny because gendo technically got what he wanted in a certain sense <laughs> basically it all worked out yeah Yui and Gendo, they chill and they, you know, <laughs> pierce themselves. They they die together. Yeah. They're in the whatever. Yeah, ride or die. Ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> Yui's like, where you been at? I've been waiting for you for like years. Um, Some interesting reveals in this movie, though. I think I pieced together why Asuka has an eye patch in this film. Oh, yeah. So, so 2.0, she almost dies, right? And then they were fearing she they put in that capsule and then like that weird room with the like the pillars or whatever. Yeah. To like essentially purify her because they think that she's probably contaminated with by the, the angel's, angel's blood. Yeah. And then and she has an eye patch in the next movie. Eye patch in the next movie, and we're like, but why? Well, she pulls a thing out from her eye. Right. So I guess they put one of those things to suppress the angel contamination uh. in her eye, and then when she takes it out, she unleashes like mm. the angel blood to whatever, whatever. I see, I see. So I was like, oh, that's why she has the eye patch. And that's why like the random fucking pillar comes up. Like <laughs> I watched it. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, me too. I was really like, I don't know why it glows, but yeah. I don't know why that's coming out of yeah. her eye right now. And I don't know what is happening after the fact where yeah. she summons a giant like Pokemon. For <laughs> <her>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then it, it clicked. I was like, okay. oh, it's, it's to suppress the angel blood that mm. she was contaminated by because Shinji fucked up that one time, you know. So I pieced it together. It's not gibberish, that one. <laughs> Ano gets a pass there. I mean, but, you know, it just, you gloss it over because of all the other stuff. But yeah, like I said, like, you got to look for it. Like, for me to get there this is my second watch through. I had to be like, yeah. how or why, you know. Like, you really had, like, it doesn't hold your hand to justify it. You, like, kind of have to dig a little bit. Which, like, I'm all all for, you know? Like, I'm okay with that. Like, where it's, like, but you to, just made inf- make inferences right. from what you see and stuff. But. but to what extent is that acceptable? Right? Yeah. Um, another thing is, <clears throat> I think, again, this movie kind of falls also, feels a little incomplete. Because of that 14-year gap again. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of scenes. So particularly with um, Yoji. So Kaji. There's like this whole thing that he died apparently. Because he sacrificed himself to stop the third impact. None of that is. What? Like like all that is like. Yeah. What? <laughs> that happened? Question mark? Yeah. And you're all supposed to kind of know it as whatever. But. Yeah, so none of that is there. And then there's even like little shots from seemingly nowhere that whatever hints towards that happening. But that was like a huge sort of upset. And even towards the end when Kaji pops up for Kaoru's moment, 
like why why were those two there you know and then i mean for me so what i kind of pieced together is in that scene or like whatever when he stops the fourth impact so you remember the near third impact was happening kaudu comes from the sky and shoves the spear of cassius into unit one that stops the his awakening and i guess something happens after that moment that maybe restarts it again or whatever yeah and then kaji does something to stop it probably stops kaudu mm. from doing something because there's that scene where like lilith and he chops off Lilith's head, remember? Yeah. And then, like, it divorced. So something happens, and I guess they're, like, interlinked somehow through that, and they kind of go through it. But again, that's all, like, heavily inferred. Like, that's that's crap that, like... Yeah. Where was that? Where was that at all? You're not given any information. So, yeah, those are the mainly two things that... Those are my revelations in the movie. I kind of... Well, one's not really a relation. One's, like, what? But yeah, I think that is the series for us. How do you think? You, you did you did you like what I did for you here? I opened you up to the rest of the world, Lee. It wasn't bad. I don't think it was that bad. Um, I think in general, I don't think it was that bad. But story wise, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like watching it though, I don't think it was bad. Like, yeah, yeah. like I don't think it was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. But opened you up. Story could use work. So what is what is uh what are you feeling for the next series? How do you think uh Let's you, go back to some human <laughs> beings live action stuff. We've done a lot. Of, you know, I I've actually I actually wanted to do another series for an animated animated series. Uh-huh. But we'll push that for later since uh-huh. we already have an animated series that we just did. Something else came to mind, you're like, hey, I kinda wanna do Yeah, this. I was thinking about it, yeah, while we were watching that stuff but this is like one of those series that after you finish it you gotta go do like another like rom-com series (laughs) no it wasn't like like, i don't honestly i don't even think it was that depressing or like you know like it was it wasn't it wasn't wasn't like in that sense it wasn't like like dreary yeah it wasn't like dreary or anything it's just like so convoluted that you kind of need something just straightforward. I don't want to work my brain as hard. Yeah, you just <laughs> need something straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the next series is, we won't have to be wrecking our brain over it. You'll get 45-minute episodes. <laughs> You'll get 30-minute episodes <laughs> next week. Like, easy bangers. Good Anyways, it was, it was a fun series, though. I, I, I did definitely appreciate um, yeah. learning about Evangelion. And just like, you know, people, there's a lot of hype you know right. have have been yeah. for Evangelion and why people love it so much but I can kind of see why uh, for me personally I don't think it's like it would be my favorite anime or anything like that but sure, sure. for sure it's it's an interesting one but you can recognize it as like a cult classic I like, can appreciate see, like, what right. is good about it but I can also like figure out why it's bad <laughs> <laughs> but, it's like, but I, I can also see what is good yeah like you know yeah hipster ass answer what do you mean <laughs> yeah you need to know, be able I know to good. i know what's good you need to be able to discern you know <laughs> the good and the bad uh, yeah i uh, you know as a as a veteran um i actually really enjoyed how he ended this movie um on a very hopeful message i think that like from all three movies they kind of had distinct endings and i think that ending this one 
radically distinct. Different. You sure? <laughs> they all ended with life sucks, bit. and then finally at the end, they're like, "Might not be that it's bad." It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think like having this hopeful ending like really was really what it needed. Yeah, I agree. In a way, yeah, it just. I didn't watch the series, so I wouldn't right. know about that series, like how that ended. But I heard it was weird. So yeah, it it, it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. It, this felt again like everything that we said, like not closure, concrete. This felt like as 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 a roller coaster as that was, I have a closure now. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. You know, I kind of felt that too. Even you know, just in general <laughs> with <laughs> these four movies, <laughs> yeah. imagine like watching the whole series and the other movie, and then watching these. Jeez, yeah, but yeah. So, I think Arnold leaving the series on this behind is um isn't bad, you know. For his own well-being, I really hope he does mm. <laughs> like that guy. Yeah, but yeah. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys in the next series. Bye. <laughs>